Happy Tuesday, friends. Welcome to October the 18th and today's episode of Enough for Today. I'm so glad you joined me. We're going to spend a few minutes right now in Psalm 64. So as we do that, I would ask you for your prayers. I've got a full day of meetings and a full plate of challenges. All, all problems flowing out of good things, I might add. A growing, vibrant ministry on the church and school. So thankful for all of it. And yet I just pray daily that God would give me wisdom uh, to be the pastor and the leader that I should be, to be engaged as much as I need to be and uh, and then back away as much as I should, finding that, that right balance, but having wisdom to implement the right solutions uh, and, and uh, to continue um, following the Lord in all these things. We have uh, groups tomorrow night and there's still time to get registered for groups. We've had a wonderful launch to our fourth quarter. Uh, Pastor Stephen and I are teaching through the book of Micah. So this Wednesday, um, tomorrow night, we'll be working through chapter one together and just kind of laying the foundation of uh, what God's message is to his people through the book of Micah and what is our application today. Well, let's read together Psalm 64. And what I'd like to do is um, I I think that, um, well, let me just show you how this breaks down for a minute. Um, and I like Warren Wearsby's breakdown of things. He's he's pretty uh, plain like me, just wants to see it for what it is. Um, David in verses 1 and 2 is seeking the Lord's protection. Verses 3 through 6, he is asking for the Lord's wisdom. <clears throat> in verses 7 and 8, he is trusting the Lord for victory. And then in verses 9 and 10, he is giving the Lord uh, glory for the deliverance. So let's just take a look at verses 1 and 2 today where David is seeking the Lord's protection. And let's break it down for a minute. David begins the psalm, and he's a young man. He hasn't become king yet. He's working in the palace of Saul, and um, Saul has turned against him. And there's kind of two things coming against David. First of all, Saul's wicked heart of of, uh, conspiring against to kill David and his envy and his jealousy and his madness. But then the... the, uh, slander of those around Saul that want to please Saul. They know that Saul's on his, um, that David's on Saul's bad side. So anything they can contribute to the downfall of David is going to get them on the inside with Saul. So these inner workings, these inner political workings of the palace, though they're ancient in nature, they're so similar to our workplaces and to the deep, dark motives of human hearts that you don't always get the truth. Uh, you don't always hear the truth. You hear a version of the truth. You hear a slanted, uh, storied, twisted, spun version of reality. Or, frankly, you could hear a total constructed, fabricated version of reality. And um, that is very common in our 21st century. And even with Christians, it's very common that you hear versions of reality. You hear versions of a situation that simply are not representative of truth, of reality. And then it takes so much effort and time and patience and care and wisdom to work through the nuances of different perspectives and see that there's strands of truth, uh, but really the truth is somewhere in between everybody's story. That it's, you know, you're hearing perspective more than you're hearing truth sometimes. Well, in Saul's uh, uh, frame of mind and in the people that work for Saul, there's really a turning. There's a political uh, climate change against David that is rooted in the heart of Saul who wants to kill David. And so David, what does David do when the climate around him is changing? 
And when it's political and thick and when people are whispering and backbiting and slandering and their stories being crafted and spun that are not true and people are being manipulative around him and he, he, it feels like he's probably in a fun house of mirrors and isn't sure what he's looking at all the time. And uh, boy, I, I feel that sometimes as a leader as well. Hear my voice, oh God. He, he goes to God. Because God is over and above all the stories and all the narratives and all the skewing and, and the twisted perspective. God knows the truth. And so David goes in prayer to the all-knowing heart of the God of the universe. And he says, God, I need you to hear me. And we've talked about that, that reality that we just need to be heard and we need God to, um, we need God to, to, to process with us. Best way to process something, by the way, is with the Lord. And I realize we all need to process things with human beings, and there are gifted people that help can help with that. You may have close friends, allies, or counselors or advisors that help you with that as well. I do a fair share of that for other people. But but um, I can't be that in, in place of God for anybody, and you can't either, and, and especially for yourself. Nobody can be in the place of God for you. And so the, the value of processing through something with God is just unspeakable. So David then requests, Lord, preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Now, there's something I want you to catch here. He's not first saying, preserve my life from the enemy. He's saying, preserve my life from fear. Now, that's that's profound and that's powerful. David knows that fear is more dangerous than the actual plans of the enemy. He knows that fear is his greater enemy. And we've been talking a lot recently with our staff about fear, about how often we operate in fear with each other. And in a team environment, we're afraid of uh, not not getting it right. We're afraid of, um, you know, our past experience has filtered something that's that's brought us to a fearful moment in the, in the present. Um, I mean, there's any number of, of maybe thousands of reasons that fear could come into our lives, but it is really a, a unilateral thing. Like, uh, unless someone's intentionally trying to induce fear, uh, mostly our fears rise up within us, within our own psyche, within our own heart. And um, those fears are, usually they're lying to us, and usually they're founded on conjecture, imagination, um, thoughts that are going going the wrong direction and they are addressable they're they're not um our fears are not the authorities uh, they're not in authority unless we make them unless we appoint them to be in control of our lives our fears need to be subjected they need to be brought into the bright light of day in the wisdom of god they need to be exposed for what they are as irrational fear and then um, we need to claim the presence and power and wisdom of God over them and ask God literally to preserve us from our own fear. Perfect love, God tells us, perfect love casts out fear. Um, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. So David is brilliant here. He's praying that God would preserve him from fear. Look at verse 2. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked. So there are wicked people 
surrounding David, pretending to be his friends, pretending maybe to care, but they're wicked, and they're taking counsel in secret. They're having secret meetings and secret conversations in which they're counseling together about David. How do we get rid of David? Um, how do we bring forth a plan to take to deal with David? How do we diminish David? How do we hurt David? And, and he's saying, God, hide me from that and from, next phrase, the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. Insurrection here is the tumultuous crowd, okay? Um, a, a rebellion against David is kind of taking shape around him in this uh, temple political environment. Saul is driving it, but it's growing. And David knows this is spiritual opposition as well as physical life opposition. These are wicked people. They're workers of iniquity. And he goes to God and he says, God, I want you to hear my voice. I need to know that you are preserving me, that you are hiding me from those that intend to do me harm. Now, my friend, you may work in a situation or you may be facing a situation right now where someone is stacking the deck against you. And my admonition to you is follow the advice of David and the practice. Go to God, seek his wisdom, ask for his preservation, and we'll continue this prayer tomorrow. But lay it out before the Lord and trust him to navigate you through it. Happy Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow.